This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. The last day of August is upon us, and that means pumpkin spice coffee drinks are as well. God help us. Folks, we're on a mission to make magazines great again, so subscribe to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. This is a quarterly mini-book-like experience packed full of a variety of authors that includes theologically driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign your church up, sign your grumpy uncle up, and while you're at it, sign up the Pope, Elon Musk, and Russell Moore. Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses and cross-politics not held liable for any of them. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take the Lord's Supper with you, and will likely cause you to randomly chuckle in joy at God's wondrous world. Sign up today, four issues and $60 a year. That's it. Go to fightlaughfeast.com right now and sign up. All right, let's get into the news. And right away, got some uh, scary stuff for you, so buckle up. Study finds around one-third of Americans regularly get their news from Facebook. Around one-third of Americans regularly get their news from Facebook, according to the latest study from Pew Research Center, whose surveys aim to better understand the current media landscape in the U.S. In the updated report, Pew Research found that around half of U.S. adults, or 53%, said they often or sometimes use social media to get their news. This is a spread out across a number of sites, but Facebook is at the top of the list. Now, I'm sure a lot of you already have alarm bells going off at this point, but don't worry, it gets worse in a bit. The study found that 36% of U.S. adults said they regularly access Facebook to get news. This is a slight, uh, significantly larger percentage than most any other social media platform with the exception of YouTube, which is used regularly for news at 23% of U.S. adults. Beyond that, the percentages are much smaller. Even Trump's preferred platform for communication, well, until recently, Twitter, is only used regularly for news by 15% of U.S. adults, according to Pew. Only around 1 in 10 Americans or fewer said they regularly got news from other social media platforms, including Instagram, 11%, Reddit, 6%, Snapchat, 4%, LinkedIn, 4%, TikTok, 3%, TikTok, oh my gosh. WhatsApp, 3%, Tumblr, 1%, and Twitch, 1%. Hugh additionally examined the demographic makeup of those who use social media for news and found that white adults make up the majority of the regular news users for sites like Facebook and Reddit. Both black and Hispanic adults, meanwhile, make up about one quarter of Instagram's regular users, 22 and 27%, respectively. Facebook was found to also skew towards women, 63% versus 35% when it came to regular using it for getting the news, while Reddit skews towards men, 67% versus 29%. Now, remember how I said it gets worse? Well, take a listen to Facebook CEO and lizard-human hybrid Mark Zuckerberg on the Joe Rogan podcast. How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like, there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we had that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey— just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So 
our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. I don't know about you, but my BS alarm bells are ringing. Mr. Zuckerberg, you definitely do know the percentage off the top of your head. That's a bold face lie. Also, did you catch the part where Mr. Zuckerberg openly admitted the part where the FBI is in the business of fact-checking nowadays? That's scary. Who fact-checks the FBI? Who holds the FBI accountable when they've gone rogue? You have to believe either the FBI is either so inept or they're lying when it comes to something like, say, Hunter Biden's laptop, more on that for a moment, and try to affect the outcome of the election. Who else comes to mind with fact-checking? The World Health Organization? The CDC? Who's fact-checking them? Let's dive into some statistics on the election results while we're at it. This is from the New York Post. 79% say truthful coverage of Hunter Biden's laptop would have changed 2020 election. I wonder what that electoral map would have looked like. Nearly four of five Americans who've been following the Hunter Biden laptop scandal believe that truthful coverage would have changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election, according to a new poll. A similar percentage also said they're convinced that information on the computer is real, with just 11% saying they thought it was created by Russia, according to the survey conducted by the New Jersey-based Technometrica Institute of Policy and Politics. And an even higher number, 81% said U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland should, be appoint, uh, should appoint a special counsel to investigate matters related to the First Son's infamous laptop, the existence of which was exclusively revealed by the Post in October 2020. The poll results, published Wednesday, are based on responses from 437 adults who said they were following the laptop story very or somewhat closely when they were surveyed online earlier this month, according to the tip. On the subject of the 2020 election, 79% overall said it was very or somewhat likely that a truthful interpretation of the laptop would have resulted in the re-election of former President Donald Trump instead of the election of President Biden. Among Republicans, 57% were strongly convinced Trump would have won, compared to 48% of independents and 44% of Democrats. But majorities in both parties, 89% of Republicans and 61% of Democrats, said they believe the laptop is, quote, real along with 74% of independents. Which begs the question, how would that electoral map have looked with these findings in mind? I'll leave that to you guys, but I digress. This is scary stuff when you hear that from the CEO of Mark Zuckerberg, or of, of Facebook Mark Zuckerberg, when he says the loud part out loud. Moving on, 
U.S. military running low on ammo after arming Ukraine. Oh, good. Pentagon officials are concerned that the U.S. ammunition stocks donated to Ukraine have severely depleted U.S. stocks, weakening U.S. readiness in the event of a conflict, the Wall Street Journal reported on Monday. The Biden administration has drawn much of the over $13 billion in weapons systems and accompanying accompanying ammunition the U.S. has provided to Ukraine from existing arsenals, according to the WSJ. While the Department of Defense has declined to disclose the number of ammunition rounds in storage at the beginning of 2022, before the war in in Ukraine began, it has taken few steps to replenish depleting stocks, sparking worries that the U.S. may not have ammunition it needs for its own protection. The level of 155-millimeter combat rounds fired by the howitzer weapons system in U.S. stockpiles has become uncomfortably low, a Pentagon official told the Wall Street Journal. The U.S. has sent 806,000 rounds in the 100-pound explosives to Ukraine as of August 24th. Quote, it's not at the level we would like to go into combat, the defense, of, a defense official told the Wall Street Journal. U.S. supplied howitzers have been extended, have seen extended use from Ukraine forces since entering the conflict in late May, Fox News reported. Last week, the U.S. provided smaller 105-millimeter ammunition to feed Ukraine's howitzers in order to spare 155-millimeter rounds for the U.S., according to the Wall Street Journal. Last week, the U.S. provided smaller 105-millimeter ammunition to feed Ukraine's howitzers in order to spare 155-millimeter rounds for the U.S., according to the Wall Street Journal. The U.S. military most recently employed howitzers in a strike on Iran-backed targets in Syria on August 24th. The more you know. Depleting U.S. arsenals was forewarned, including from industry leaders to the Pentagon. And it was very easily fixable, Mackenzie Eglin, a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, told the WSJ. The Army plans to conduct a deep dive into the ammunition's industrial base to determine the best way to support Ukraine while retaining necessary supplies for the U.S., Army officials uh, have said. It is requested an additional $500 million yearly for upgrades to ammunition factories and increasing the threshold on existing production contracts, but has not signed any new contracts. Officials have also said that Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Janitor Mark Milley authorized monthly reviews of U.S. weapons stores to monitor readiness. However, defense industry leaders said the administration has not clearly communicated the changes in production requirements brought on by the U.S. assistance to Ukraine and has not expanded production capacity to make up for the additional munitions needed to replenish stocks. The Biden administration has requested a record $773 billion defense budget for 2023. While additional funding can alleviate part of the problem, ongoing supply chain issues can make the months or years-long manufacturing process take even longer. Using a smartphone or computer opens the door to a host of digital temptations. In a world saturated with pornography and other harmful content, what's a Christian to do? We need to take a proactive approach, welcoming transparency in our digital media choices, and Accountable to You makes that easy. Their accountability software shares detailed activity reports from all your devices and your kids' devices in real time to the accountability partners that you choose. With accountability in place, your family can effectively guard against temptations online and live with purity and integrity. Learn more and try it free at accountabletoyou.com slash FLF. Moving on to other wastes of uh, American dollars, Oregon Wind Farm sees blades bolts fly off as failures mount, according to a report. 
From the post-millennial, a new report has revealed the unreliability unreli- of major Oregon wind farms discovered at a, after a blade from a windmill detached and flew across the field. According to the Oregonian, in January, a delivery driver found some broken industrial-sized bolts on the ground near one of Portland General Electric's towering wind turbines, but did not know who to tell and used it as a paperweight. <laughs> On February 1st at 2.11 a.m., one of the turbine's 11-story tall blades flew the full length of a football field and plowed a four-foot-deep burrow uh, furrow in a wheat field. The heavy-duty bolts that kept the blade attached to the tower scattered like shrapnel. This is something out of World War II. PGE's flagship wind facility, which opened 15 years ago to expand green energy technology in Oregon and nationally, had other warning signs as well, according to the outlet, but it wasn't until the blade breakdown that the company took action at Big Low Canyon, one of Oregon's largest wind farms, and shut down all 217 turbines for testing, keeping some out of service for four months. Though industry groups insist that wind farms are very safe and major malfunctions are rare, wind farms are growing older and components are aging. An investigation by the Oregonian found a massive set of maintenance problems and equipment failures that are reducing electricity generation at Bigelow Canyon. According to the outlet, quote, there is no effective national, state, or county reporting requirement or database tracking safety or operational incidents at wind farms in only 13 of the largest Oregon's 48 wind farms, 48, are regulated by the state, numbers that include multiple phases of some projects, end quote. Additionally, PGE launched an investigation into the blade throw, but has asked the Oregon Department of Energy to keep those confidential until the end of the year because of the possibility of litigation. To eliminate all its greenhouse emissions, PGE would need to massively increase its renewable energy resources and manage them effectively for decades. However, wind power is heavily dependent on federal subsidies, and according to experts consulted by the Oregonian, quote, those subsidies are structured in a way that incentives incentivizes operators to skimp on maintenance for older equipment that is no longer eligible, end quote. Wow, a more bloated government spending money willy-nilly. That, that doesn't sound like our government, does it? And finally, it's time for the topic that I love, sports. Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson, this is a scary one, was shot during an attempted robbery in D.C. No one is immune from crime in America's cities these days, and this weekend residents of Washington, D.C. were especially reminded of that when Washington Commanders Redskins, I don't care what anybody says, Redskins running back Brian Robinson, 23, was shot multiple times during an attempted robbery on Sunday. According to the NFL's Mike Garofalo, Robinson was rushed to the hospital by emergency responders after the violent attack, reporting that commander's running back Brian Robinson is in stable condition after being shot as the victim in an attempted robbery, according to sources. As the news regarding the situation broke, the Washington commanders followed up by issuing an immediate statement to alert fans that Robinson was alive and safe. Thank God. Additional information regarding details from the shooting came later from NFL networker insider Tom Pelissero, who was one of the first people to share the information online after receiving a statement from a D.C. police spokesperson. According to a report from NBC Washington, Robinson got into an altercation with several suspects shortly after midnight Sunday as they attempted to steal his Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat. It was that altercation which led to the shooting. Late Sunday night, Commander's head coach Ron Rivera met with Robinson and later posted to Twitter that Robinson was in good spirits to ease everyone's anxiety regarding his situation of health. Uh, 
Robinson is now but one of the many innocent D.C. bystanders who has been victims of violent crime this year alone. According to D.C. police crime statistics, there have been 126 people killed via homicide in just 2022, which is a 12% increase for the first time from this time last year. Violent crimes in cases regarding burglary have also risen 5% since 2021, with robberies up 20% and car thefts up 3%. Well, praise God that this one ended with Robinson walking away. This has been Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you liked the show, hit that share button down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership, then sign up for our conference with that club discount, and then sign up for a magazine, you can do all of that at fightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you'd like to email me a news story, ask about our conference, or become a corporate partner of Cross Politic, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day. And